He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. E ngā maunga tito hea e aku rauranga tira mā nau mai haramai ki te hōtaka nei a Tiahika ku Justine Murray ahau. In this final episode of Tiahika, we take a look back at the last 12 months with highlights from interviews. From Indigenous soil sovereignty to rongoa Māori, traipsing through the Ngāhere and learning more about Māori psychology. It's been another year of storytelling on Tiahika, all while meeting the challenges of COVID-19 lockdowns. Thank you to all of the kai kōrero who have featured on the show this year. Nōku te waimarie. No mai tahuti mai, anai rā te hōtaka whakamutunga mō tēnei tau. Jim Shuster worked for many years as a teacher. He is a kai raranga, a weaver, and for Mahi today he is an advisor with Heritage New Zealand. He is also well versed on the history of the whare Henemihi Te Aotawhito. Now, the history of this whare is well documented. It sheltered 53 people during the Tarawera eruption in 1886, all of whom survived. The area of Te Wairua was largely abandoned, and so the house was dismantled. A consignment of 23 carvings was shipped to England by the then Governor-General Earl of Onslow, William Hillier. Henemihi Te Aotawhito was used as a dollhouse and a boat shed, situated at Clandon Park in Surrey. But the whānau that live in London, the diaspora of Māori, call the whare their kuia. The carvings are now in storage, but the call for her return grows. I sat down with Jim Shuster for a kōrero. Ko te, te Henemihi Tuatahi, kei ingarangi. Uh, ko te mea tuarua, Kei Taumarunui, kei te taha o te awa o Taringa Motu. There's a hinamihi down there, and then there's this hinamihi, te tuatoru, and then there's a fourth hinamihi down at Ngāpuna. Yes, I've been to that one. Yeah. And so why why four whare, just to... I don't know, that's just the mana of hinamihi herself. I think there's, I mean, you really get... Uh, a te aroa whare with, with the name of a woman on them. Mm. Most of them are after males. Uh, and, and the farekai bears the name of the woman. But here, this is... Hinamihi's got four whare nui's named after her. Same, well, as far as we know, the same Hinamihi named after that tupuna. Now this whare that we are sitting in, also named Henemihi, Henemihi Te Tuatoru, is located on the corner of Old Topo Road. Now it's a busy part of town, cars heading towards the main Topo Highway. The rumble of logging trucks can be heard. About 100 metres further down is the tourist spot, Te Puya, well known for its ngāwha, hot springs and bubbling geysers. Now, there are photos displayed on the walls. It's a bit of a time capsule. There's magazines and pictures that allude to the rich history of guiding in Te Arua. I can see, of course, Guide Rangi Makariti Papakura, yeah. who was famously... Um, well, Makariti was Rangi Tiria's mother-in-law. Uh, Rangi eventually married this man here. He was uh, Denon. He was William, William Denon. And he was the son of Makariti. And this is how uh, Kroa Tene Waitere, who carved 
that hinamihi, this hinamihi, and the hinamihi down at Napuna. So that, that's our strong connection, our tie to hinamihi, the whareas, through our crew, and that's him up there on the wall. This was one of the last works he carved. But that monument outside, he, he died in... He was 77 when he died in 1931. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a younger picture of him up the top. Of, that's his wife, Rui, and his daughter, Tuhipo. Tēnā koe, Jim Schuster, in the five-part series is available at rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. The book Te Mahi Oneone Hua Parakore Māori Soil Sovereignty and Wellbeing Handbook by Dr Jessica Hutchins explores the philosophy of growing kai. Dr Hutchins lives on a lifestyle block near the Rimutaka Ranges with Fano close by. I visited her to find out the fruits of her labour. So I'm, you know, you just have to work really hard to keep um, the soil. Um, not from over frying because it's really hot. hot yeah. So this year I've put the shade on the outside of it, but it's stunted some of the plants. So it really is just that little trial and error thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But this, um, what this means is I can get cucumbers in, you know, before Labour Weekend, yeah. and we can do all our pickles and everything like that. It just means I'm guaranteed of a crop because. I've got pukekels and rabbits. Um, you know, people talk about growing food. It's like, oh my God, pest management's the major. And possums oh, yeah, eating true. all the harvest from all the fruit trees. So I really need to think about um, oh, pest management. Yeah, and so this has really helped. And the other thing, too, living at the bottom of the Demutaka Hill is the wind factor. So, um, you know, I can get tomato plants up, cucumbers up and things and then I get two days of wind and the whole thing's all over. So, well actually that makes me cry. (laughs) So this is really good because it means it can blow a gale out there and everything is um, growing. Yeah. So the book Te Mahi One One Hua Parakori is a a book built on other works and publications. Can you talk more about the kind of uh, genesis behind this book? Yeah, sure. Really, this book um, has come to life through the generosity and the foresight of uh, Māori environmental researcher Garth Harmsworth from Manaki Whenua. So he had a big research grant um, about soil health, Oni Oni Ora Tangata Ora, that was funded from an Endeavour grant from MB. And he really opened the space to invite Māori researchers to come in and to do whatever they wanted to do in relationship to their communities, mm. um, rangahau Māori, that could help to tell Māori, diverse Māori soil stories. And these stories about soil sovereignty would be the subject of Jessica's research. The book, co-edited with Joe Smith, explores soil health and how this relates to overall health and well-being. But further to that, it digs literally deeper. It goes to the relationships between Te Ira Tangata and to Na Atua Māori o Ranginui and Papatuanuku. Here, Jessica talks about her veggie patch. Free flow, you know, um, frozen lots of things as so well. So silver beet, tomatoes, you mentioned yes. cucumbers. Yes, peppers. peppers. Tēnā koe, author, yoga teacher and grower Dr Jessica Hutchins. 
From touring a lifestyle block to exploring the forest bed at the home of Dr. Ropata McGowan. In the middle of Tauranga and Te Puke, Paropata, as he is known as, understands that the health of the whenua represents the health of the people. When I visited Pa at his home, he would draw my attention to the dryness of certain trees and discuss the health of nearby creeks, once popular during summer, but now showing signs of pollution. Now, for many years, Pa Ropata has passed down what he has learned to Rungwa practitioners around the country. He himself learned Rungwa Māori with the old people of Whanganui when he was a young Catholic priest. Now, in recent years, he's written books about the taiao and the manu. He's also an advisor both at national and regional levels, so he's pretty busy. I was lucky enough to join Paropata at his home in Welcome Bay. There is a story that when Tamatea Pukaipenua went on his big hikoi around New Zealand, he got a tōtara tree from up this way, uh, from the foot of Otani Wainuku, to build the new Tahitimu. And one story I heard was it came from around here. And see, where the, when the leaves, branches die off, you'll end up with these little discs. And they used to be a really, really important food source. But they almost became extinct because pigs love them. <laughs> so if a wild pig got in here, he'd dig that out and eat the roots. That growing, see, that dead mangnail tree there will probably be 50 years old or older. But, you know, the early settlers, they basically devastated the landscape because they thought the best thing for the land was to remove the bush and uh, grow cows or sheep or whatever because that's what they were used to way back. You know, when you first get to a place, especially if you're young, you rush around and you do all sorts of things which are not very wise. Then after a while you get older and run out of puff and then you start to think about a bit better. And I think that's where New Zealand has got to at the moment. Pāropata is well known for his work in restorative planting, rongoa Māori and indigenous ecosystems. Kaoro te whenua, kaoro te tangata. When the land is well, people are well. And, and there are much more elegant ways of saying that. And, but in actual fact... Even people that struggle with learning another language can manage those few little words, Oi. you know. Um, and there's another one that very, very much um, you hear it in Ngamanawa, Kangarongaro uh, te tangata toitu tuwhenua. You know, man will disappear, but the land endures forever. And, and I think that's really, really important for us to, you know, um, we're just passing through, eh? Don't, we can all worry about how terrible oh I'm getting old now and I can't like I tried to get into a little narrow area the other day and I almost got stuck whereas once upon a time it would have been but, <laughs> but you know let's not regret that we do get old and croak in the end life is a gift and every day is something precious so let's make the most of it so you get little Nico trees coming up yes now you can eat the centre of the Nico. Um, and that's really tough, but it actually kills the tree. Right. You know, so we... Um, maybe in time we'll get lots of Nico. Nico is really important in this part of the country for roofing. But all through here I find little Nico trees coming up because they've got one tree out the front which fruits and the kereru come in and they've been spreading the seeds all over the show. Oh, really? And so the whole idea is that this bush will restore itself. If you've got birds to spread the seeds, spread the seed, yeah. if you've got no birds, 
well, how is a bush going to do that? The seeds can't walk by themselves, you know. So again, it's connections, you know. Um, but this forest here, they called the um, Kupukairo Old Baldy because it was completely denuded of all forest. And this is all restored forest. Tēnā koe e te mātanga taiao apā Ropata McGowan. Professor Linda Waimarie-Nikora, nō tiaitanga a hauiti, nō tūhoi, is co-director at Ngā Pai o Te Maramatanga, the New Zealand Māori Centre of Research Excellence. Nikora writes about her work in the book Ngā Kite Mā Tauranga, Māori Scholars at the Research Interface, published by the Otago University Press. Now, Linda's research over the years includes Indigenous psychologies and the aspirations of Māori to Māori ways of mourning and Māori mental health and recovery. Linda and I sat down for a kōrero in Rotorua. Here she talks about the issues facing humanity. So in my field, for example, community psychology, indigenous psychology, if we take the exemplar of homelessness, it's been with the world for centuries. If, for example, my discipline had the answers, that problem would be solved. It's not solved, and what that means is that my discipline perhaps holds some of the answer, but not all of the answer. So Mataranga Māori is new in terms of the Western establishment, not new to us. And so in my discipline, you know, it brings the possibility of being able to look at old problems in new and different uh, ways with the prospect of being able to perhaps meet some of those challenges mm. and make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, because I just while you're talking, I'm thinking of Linda Tuhiwai-Smith's research around uh, kaupapa Māori theory and that kind of framework about how researchers should work, or Māori researchers should work with it. You and I know that, that being in the Māori world um, with our whanaunga and relatives at the marae and engaging in our communities, we do so on the basis of there being different rules uh, and different ways of doing things. And so we grow up inherently knowing what those things are. Some of us have to do a little bit of homework along the way, uh, especially when we sort of put a foot in the wrong, wrong place. You know, There's ways and means that our whanau and communities have to helping us along the right path. So those um, taken-for-granted aspects of working in the Māori world, being in the Māori world are not taken for granted within the Western Academy. Uh, so much of the work around kaupapa Māori theory mm. has certainly been helpful for Māori researchers and scholars, but possibly was more of a pushback on the Western Academy, a way of creating space uh, and saying to um, Western researchers, perhaps you need to clean your act up uh, in terms of how you engage with us uh, in order for your research to be more productive and meaningful. Kia ora, Professor Linda Waimarie-Nikora, contributor of the book Nā Kite Mā Tauranga, Māori Scholars at the Research Interface. Linda is also co-director at Nā Pai o Te Maramatanga. Mai te rohe o te ki ngā te awa, Manu Paul 
a name synonymous with Māori and iwi affairs. In our kōrero, he shared a bit about his childhood. He was raised with his paternal grandmother and she passed down invaluable knowledge about hua Māori or organic gardening. It's a skill that he would become very good at. In fact, Manu was one of the first to grow organic kiwi fruit. I visited him at his home in Ohope. Living with my grandmother, my father's mother, she was half Scottish. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, her uh, father was a Scotsman, uh, John Macaulay. Uh, Nautopo, he used to drive the uh, tourist coach from Napier to Taupo and then over to Maketu. And when we grew up, we found out he had a family at each place. He stayed overnight. <laughs> <laughs> so the Fanonga Pahia wa Matoi Maketu, because he had a Pahia wife there. Okay. And then, of course, he had um, a Maori wife at uh, uh, Taupo, and then he had another Maori wife in, in Napier. <laughs> And so the, the, the tourists used to get off the ship at Napier mm. and they would get back on the ship at Mukitu. My father, I remember him each year on our farm. He used to select a gully and he said, Kwenaita wahi pai. I would say, he hai. Ara, kaike koe ki runga te hoiho. Now, anaike te rorua o te rārauhe. Manu talks about his father, how he told him that the sign of good soil health was if the height of the bracken fern was the same as his horse. Well, that was a sign that it was good soil for planting. I eat why Mahana Tunu, not Pungarehu, not Kafua to Mata Wamato Kai. And then there was the growing of specific plants to help grow Kai. You're saying that there was a deliberate planting of Kai so that when one grew, it was a deliberate plant yeah. to shelter. Yeah. And How that's when I, I learned about companion planting. Yeah. Companion planting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure there's a kupu for that. Yes. That, that, yeah. that was that grandmother, ne? Yeah. And that queer of mine, I came down and she would say, Oh, Kainita Paikita Fu Itakai. And I said, Ka. She'd look at me and she'd say, How high? Uh, you got to remember, she only spoke Māori, ne? Both of my queer only spoke Māori. Tomato, maramataka, kaida, kāre te tika, kāre pai, ki mai kiao. Wai ho te maramataka o te tua whenua, ki te tua whenua. Kai te taha mua nā koe inai, ne? You learn our maramataka. And that's when I learned there's a maramataka for each area. Tēnā koe e te rangatira, Manu Paul. It was 10 years ago this year, on the 5th of October 2011, that the cargo ship Rena ran aground and hit the Otaiti Reef, a few kilometres from the Tauranga coastline.
the event, the worst maritime environmental disaster in the country's history, caused oil to spill out into the ocean and debris from the containers spread into areas from Parihauraki in the Coromandel towards Whakatohia, Tōrere and Ngaitai in the Bay of Plenty. Tauranga Moana is my hometown. Back in 2011, my cousin, Eddie Harpetsi Dixon, was part of the coordination team. She's never really spoken publicly about the incident, but felt the time was right to acknowledge the people that were instrumental in the relief efforts. Having lived here all my life, our family, having um, being from Matapihi and also being from Mōtiti, the extended whānau were there, you know, and were offering offering their help left, right and centre. And these weren't only whānau, they were whānau in businesses. They just wanted to help out. There was whānau from all over the motu that came to help. Mm. There was donations from all over the motu. Um, ministerial, you know, um, at that time, Minister Sharples, were donating. There was other iwi like Ngaitahu, Kaitahu, significant donations, um, Napuhi, and also our own local rohe, local Waiariki rohe. In the meantime, I believe other other sources were helping out, like our Runanga and Fagatane, Ngatiawa, because Patuai comes under Ngatiawa. And that's one of the unique things about Mōtiti. And because Te Whānau o comes under Naitirangi. And because we've got a foot in both, you know, <laughs> it worked out well. We helped each other. Because Matakana was the same, you know. Whatever they needed, I'd try and help out. And Oriti with them. Same with them. We supported each other. And that's the way Fano do it. What can you remember that washed up? to the shore. Even now, even today, when we walk along some of the beaches around the more the rocky shorelines, you'll see all these tiny little translucent beads, beads. Yeah, amongst the rocks, amongst the stones. The crates of plastic that were squashed, you know, and packed in um, crates clothes. Oh, it was all sorts of rubbish. I think I just heard butter. <laughs> butter and timber. And, and timber. Timber. All sorts of timber. Treated, untreated. Because of those ones that were helping out in that first week after the grounding, um, I think some of them ended up with new steps. <laughs> <laughs> Rights of salvage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new, new veranda pop-up. <laughs> Kia ora, Eddie Dixon. And the full version of that interview can be found at rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. On the 7th of June this year, Dr Richard Nuns died. He was well known for his work in the revitalisation of Taonga Puro and has left an indelible mark in contemporary and traditional Māori music. One of his close companions, Horomona Horo, shared a few of his thoughts on Tiahika at the time of his passing. When it came time to, to sharing the knowledge, it was all those other little things. You know, he would be the first up in the morning while everyone else in the marae is still waking up. The sun's just coming over the peaks of the horizon. Old Mato Richard would have just come back from a walk. 
and he would have already gone and met the locals, had a green tea, and and had a chat and caught it or one of the queer up the road, you know, or um, you know he will he would he does those little quirky little things that were reminders of, you know, looking at every minute of of a wānanga or going to a new space and and cherishing every moment of it. Um, there was those things that those little things where we would go to and do presentations around the world even. Tēnā koe, horomona horo. This is the final episode of Tiahika. You've been listening to a few highlights that have featured in 2021. Thanks again to all of the kaikōrero that have contributed this past year. A special mention to our resident engineer, Alex Harmer. He pānui tāku, next year I'll be joining the podcast team, but I'll still be working on Kaupapa Māori Stories here on RNZ National. Hioi me tautoko tonu mai. Kia hau maru tā koutou noho, me tiaki tātou i a tātou anō, kia pai tā koutou haerenga, irunga i ngā huarahi. Have a wonderful summer break, enjoy some nice kai, take care when you are out and about travelling. Mai te whānau a tiahika, kia tātou katoa, mauri tū, Modi order.